All right, what's up guys? Um, Aaron, AP and us right here, what's going on? Hope everyone's doing great. Um, first of all, just a quick uh, che big cheers and thanks to everybody for who watched the uh, last episode. Hell of an episode with um, Nicole. I really wanna give a big shout to Nicole as well for being so enthusiastic and very hospitality-wise, very welcoming. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go back-to-back -back guests, all right? So as I said, I'm gonna try and bring on as many guests as I possibly can that are within, obviously, um, the want to actually do it instead of the need to do it. Um, so if they're keen to hop on and stuff like that and I'll give them an offer, obviously I'm more than happy for them to come on. Yeah, just get things going. Doesn't matter the topic, doesn't matter their speciality. Um, that's obviously the point of the podcast where I get to discuss with them. So obviously today I've got uh, Shiv on board. Uh, Shiv, how you doing, man? Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having me, AP. No, nah, all good, man. All good, all good. Um, yeah, so how you been, man? You doing all right? Yeah, not too bad, man. I really can't complain. Um, seems like the pandemic is slowly finishing and it's making life a little bit easier to be somewhat of a pre-2019 normal. That's it, mate. That's what we want to hear. Nah, I said it before, man. Fucking, I reckon the world hasn't been the same since fucking 2016, man. I, I fucking, I make sure I shove that shit down everybody's throat some days. I'm just like, 2016 was that fucking year, I reckon, where like, the cunts were just not the same. What, like, what, what happened in 2016? Well, look, I reckon when um, fucking big President Trump got elected in, I reckon everyone just went fucking Goo Goo Gaga and that was just GG ball games to everything. It's funny because I didn't even follow politics in 2016 and yeah. my, my friend who's living in the States, my, my bestie, he was saying like he was shocked, but it was like, yeah, he was shocked, but I didn't hear a word out of anyone and it was just orange man bad. I'm like, isn't, isn't, this just the, isn't Trump just the hotel guy? Like, why? how did he become this villain all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. He was liked on The View and, you know, those other sort of reality, not reality, like, yeah, the, the, was that your fired show as well? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was okay during that, but yeah, yeah he became the world villain. Do you know what's fucked as well? Because a lot of, like, in hip-hop culture, Trump was considered, like, a fucking massive icon in hip-hop. So guys like Ice Cube, 50 Cent, like, it was so cool to mention Trump inside fucking songs and shit like that. Because he was that, like, back in the 90s and the 2000s, he was, like, that example yeah. of, like, being that G, the guy. The top G. Yeah, 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 and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, that just fucking changed so quickly because he just fucking went to another party that people didn't like or television didn't like. And all of a sudden, everyone has a cry over it and stuff D like that. Different parties in the Republicans? Yeah. Was he a Democrat? No, I don't think he was a Democrat. I think he was quite more of a, quote-unquote, they would say, libertarian back oh, in the day. Yeah. I still think he is a libertarian low-key. I think he's a nationalist. I think he just loves his country. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And people think that's bad, which I don't fucking get, to be honest with you, man. Mm. Uh, it doesn't make fucking sense to me. Like, have some pride in your country, man. Um, like, it just makes no fucking sense, man. Like, I, I generally don't get that type of concept some days. But um, yeah, anyway, um, I, I kind of knew this was going to start off like this, to be honest with you, man, but that's all right. We're all going to make it, so fuck. <laughs> but anyway, man, so what I want to go, I want to get to know you a little bit more, because obviously this is the first time face-to-face -face meeting up and shit like that. Now, obviously, like, you, we both know Mike, right? Shout out to Mike. So um, he holds you to the highest of degrees, man. He has so much respect for you and everything like that, man. Which is like he's never said anything, no, no bullshit, man. He's never said a bad word about you. Oh, amazing. Never, never, cool. never. I'll That's tell you that. I swear to God, he's never said a bad thing about you, man. Which I obviously really appreciate about Mike. Um, and as well, man, you seem like a man of absolute integrity, which I have always respected about you. And it was that conversation um, that you kind of brought up with the, um, the the business coaches and shit like that. I went mm -hmm. on a bit of a fucking rant as I usually do on Instagram. And you said, hey, man. And you were so welcoming and very disrespectful about it. And I was like, fuck me, man. Like, What was the comment? What was the what, what did you say? It was basically an idea of business coaches being like relative to the fitness industry, relative to the fitness industry, yeah. being a little bit overrated. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they were bad. 
But I think there's definitely places where PTs just need to learn how to eat shit and just learn how to suck and just learn how to be better business individuals yeah. by themselves. So just learning how to make mistakes and hiccups and actually get some personal responsibility for once in their life. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just going with those Ponzi, like some Ponzi business guys that are just like, oh yeah, I'll fucking increase your thing to a hundred grand or something like that yeah. within like fucking five months. It's like, can't what? Yeah, no, and, and, and that's another thing. People are going to make mistakes hiring the, the wrong business coaches as well. If there's one uh, gym coach that I froth over and that's Alex Hamozzi and here's the yeah. book, uh, Gym Launch. And anyone thinking of owning a gym, um, even if it's just learning about sales or marketing, that guy is just a you know hundred million net worth, no bullshit. Says it like it is, and yep. everything in his book that he mentions, he's probably been asked, and we probably enjoy as gym owners like a million times over, which was yeah phenomenal. But yeah, I think um, touching on what you said, I think it was more just that when you throw like a generalized statement out there, it's like oh, sometimes I'm just like mm, too generalized. It's like all oh, men are pigs, and I'm like. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So like, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I can actually add some value to that. So that's why I messaged about that. Fuck yeah. And no, I really appreciate that, man. And I, I followed Alex, like when you mentioned him as well. And he's mm. fucking great. He yeah. is great. Phenomenal. Like definitely, definitely saw like a lot of value. And like, I could definitely get where you're coming from with Alex as well, which was really, really good. Mm. And he, he, like, it's funny because I've only been following him for about a week. And no joke, I've learned a decent amount of stuff from him already. By just looking at stuff like his Instagram stuff, his videos that he makes that are like 45 seconds or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes just going to his YouTube channel and checking out some stuff. And he's fucking jacked. Like, he looks great. Yeah, he's, yeah well. he looks the part. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which I really respect as well. Like, he, he's not only about it, but he could talk about it as well. And, like, he looks like he actually fucking lifts, which is yeah. good as well. And I respect that. Um, so, yeah, okay. So, I want to take it, like, straight back to the beginning, man. Like, just fucking... I don't know how far I want to go back, man. But, like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear, bur- like, birth and shit like that. But, like... <laughs> But like maybe back to those teenage days, man. Like kind of like where did this all start? Where did where did Shiv kind of develop yeah. and started to develop into the man that he is today? <laughs> when you said birth, it's like you didn't want to hear the part where I popped out with a shotgun. I was like, with the fireworks is coming out of the channel. All right, so a bit about me and where it all started. So from I would say like a medium to young age teenage, I'd say from about 15, 16, I was always uh, a bit more athletic than I was academic. And I knew my family would always support me as long as I studied. So basically there was this fine line of what's the easiest thing I can do uh, with the most amount of interest and still get to live rent free and be supported. And there was always that study, just there's always the push to study. And that's, um, where I ended up, you know, I had to do TEE and sort of barely passed, but, you know, I can say I did it and passed. And then um, I was always sold that the idea of going to uni was really scary and really hard and you knew you need really wanted and all this. And I was like, okay. So I went to TAFE originally and did my cert four in sport development, athlete services, coaching, amongst other things. Yeah. <clears throat> did fitness in there as well. Didn't even get my cert four, just did my cert three because I thought cert four was a bit of a joke, but... I will get to that shortly. Um, I did a bridging course, flunked it, um, and then that was at ECU. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and, and then I um, actually just applied to sports science at Murdoch, and and I did it. And it was, yeah, it was good. It was just, you, you're kind of like a glorified uh, personal trainer equivalent. <laughs> With all the bells and whistles and shiny ribbons and whatnot, but... I don't regret it. Don't regret the head, the debt. Don't regret um, doing it at all. But I don't really promote the idea of doing a sports science degree only because. And I know you're you're also you're an EP, right? 
Well, I'm technically an exile scientist because I get a fourth year. Yes. But all my all my fucking like clients and shit call me an exercise physiologist, but I have to keep telling them every time I'm an exercise scientist. You did the ESSA stream? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I didn't. You did. So you're technically you'd be more closer to qualified than myself. Yeah. Um, but the the thing is, is um, you know, when I calculated how many people graduate out of sports science per six months, it was like if it's it's probably thousand if not thousands every six months within Australia. Yeah, minimum. And I mean, WA would be at least a thousand. So two thousand a year. That's fucked. That's yeah. It's a lot. It's it's pretty disgusting. You just have to look at your cohort. See how many people got a piece of paper, and then multiply that by likely the amount of unis because all of them in WA offer it. Curtin actually offered it for the first year when I applied, and I didn't want to go to Curtin because the people who did physio the first year it came out, they had to redo some extra time, and I was just like, no thanks, not for me. So anyway, I did my um, sports science degree, and you know, prior to that, I was uh, I was working at a rec center for four and a half, almost five years, um, which was like my first, I guess, proper job, and that was really cool because got a lot of industry experience. Then from there, sorry, I would have graduated, and then from there I would have gone into physiotherapy assistant at a nursing home. Pretty full on, high expectations, high demand for very low pay, very emotionally taxing, especially when your residents start dying and you know That's fucked. You know, I can understand that part. That'd yeah, be rough. It's it's pretty bad, man, because you're you're expected to have this high, you know, integrity and ownership over your residents and then you know, you hear about a carer, you know, letting them do something they probably shouldn't have done and they fall and then they don't want anything to do with your physical therapy for the next, you know, two, three months and then, you know, the next one dies. It was too much. I got to me in the end. Then from there, um, I I actually went to the... Uh, I did security in there, but it's probably not really relevant. But uh, I did... Uh, I worked in the correction facilities um, for a couple of years at Younger Hill Detention Center. Uh, as an activities officer. Um, it was kind of funny because they asked you what do you want to be paid and I gave this real comprehensive answer. Then I find out all of us just get 59 grand per annum anyway, so it didn't really matter what I had to say. Yeah. Unless you're like a teacher, which you not even have to be qualified, you're just teaching it as a corrections uh, you know, person in that role. Um, they get a bit of a higher pay, but by the end of it, there was nothing I couldn't do at that place and there was there's always that thing of like, if you've watched any uh, TV series about correction facilities, you know, nothing's changing. Um, don't think your opinion counts. Just do as you're told. And there were things that, you know, resulted in like, um, you know, there was, there were people who were smoking. There were detainees who were smoking. And then we had a no smoking policy. And I took this up with the, you know, head of security. And they were like, that only applies to staff. And I go, well, how does that make sense when it's, a cigarette being smoked in a no smoking area aren't you guys meant to do your job and the response was you should know what it's like to work in corrections and i was like you know what fuck these guys i don't need to deal with that <laughs> yeah and i just said well that's fine my manager sat in on that meeting and i was like dude you can't be serious if this is how this place is going to be run because that's that's a joke and i go i i want to take um two months off i've got a month paid and i'll take a month unpaid same as the uh, one of my other colleagues who did that he said no, and I was like, "That's fine." Oh, here's my resignation. I'm I'm done with this place. It was a joke, right? If you're yeah. just, if you're too big for that place, there's no point. And I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about you know the correctional system and um, respect, and you know there's a lot of unwritten rules that you get exposed to, and you learn very quickly. And if you're not respected there, you don't last either. Yeah. So it was fun while it lasted, but I was basically just playing sport, hanging out at the gym, and going for walks as you as you do in the in the system. Yeah. And then um, 
spent a couple months away, did America, Europe uh, over that period, very significant holiday, and then came back. Um, and yeah, shortly after, I uh, bought my first business, which was Profuel Meals, which was a meal prep company, and did that for a couple of years. I thought it was really fun. That was my first taste into entrepreneurship, and that opportunity just kind of fell into my lap because I was a long-time customer of that company. And yeah, it was a good deal, and um, I, yeah, I kind of did that for, for a couple of years and learned a lot about business. And I feel like once you learn about business, you can kind of run most businesses okay because you understand the, the ins and outs of just doing everything as that, that guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was that. Um, and then I would have sold that company sort of mid-2019. Didn't work properly for probably about eight months. And then I would have bought one and a half gyms, which was 12 rounds South Perth and half of 12 rounds Bedford. Um, it was very hard to obviously run those, as you can imagine, sort of mid 2020 with the um, everything that was happening with the world at that time. And during this whole period, um, I was in adult entertainment, which I had been since about 2020, starting as a topless waiter, then a year later stripping, and then there's probably not much in the other industry I haven't done. So that was always very consistent on the download, but not really important to my identity, but we can talk about that if you want. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to crash course into the present time, um, 2019 when I wasn't working, smashed the, um, the, uh, the stock market, which was amazing, um, which gave me the opportunity to buy the gyms. And then now I'm, yeah, we're a rebranded 12 round now UBX South Perth. and. That's what keeps me busy nowadays. Very good, man. Very good. So obviously, I want to kind of go back a little bit, maybe back to 2019, talking yeah. about your first step into entrepreneurship. Sure. This is something that I, well, obviously with my own business, I have to learn a little bit on how to be somewhat savvy with business. Um, obviously, one of, the, one of the pieces of advice you gave me when you're talking about the, the um, when you came to me about the business coach stuff about a week ago, two weeks ago, was this idea that uh, action orientation can only take you so far before you have to really fucking put your shit out there and learn how to actually talk to some cunts yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So, and that's important. Obviously, like a guy that in the past had social anxiety and stuff like that, trying to become an introvert into more so middle ground, I'd say. So yeah. borderline between extrovert and introvert is what I probably would say I'm, I am now. I'm more of an extrovert depending on the crowd of people. Obviously, if it's a bunch of random cunts, I'm probably gonna be dead set quiet. But if it's like people that I can somewhat be acquaintances with or friends, yeah. I'm fucking talking to the nights go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so what do you think, like, just like, what, where, where do you think for like young people, if let's say that they wanted to start an entrepreneurship, yeah. where do you think they would start? Like, where do you think would be like a couple pieces of it, tips or advice you reckon they can go from? Yeah, I mean, so my biggest thing is always don't think of a business as small business because it always will be a small business. So think big. Think yeah, big. okay, good mentality. That's always like my first thing because yeah. if you're creating those limitations, you've already, you're already hamstringing yourself yep the next one is um scaling where you need to be able to tackle that first business with a very low um outlay right yeah so even just with my first business that i purchased like it didn't cost me that much and even if it went to crap i'm not that much in the red so it was a low it was a low five figure to purchase and my my gross income was uh probably two, two and a half, up to three times what I purchased purchased it for. So for me, that's a great ROI. And I never wanted to buy um, 
I never want to do a business from fresh because you could have, let's say for example, a gym, do everything perfectly and you just have no internet presence and that can cripple you. You fuck you, yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you could have Aaron's sick cunt gym. Yeah. And it's just the fucking dream gym of yeah. like, you know, your average gym goer who yeah. just loves to lift. Yeah. But if no one's heard of you and you can't put food on the table and you're working 80 hours a week just to keep the lights on, it just won't work. So that's my two big thing. It's like, think big, but start small. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of made that up, but it's kind of like the parameters of what I work with. Sure. So even with the adult, um, adult entertainment agencies that I had for like a, like a year, year and a half, I would say in a partnership, they were very cheap to purchase but that would be a very good idea if you're just a bookie, you're just a middleman. And that's why like Airbnb and Uber and adult agencies and all that, they do quite well because you're just using other people's resources, being the person in the middle. It doesn't cost a lot to be that. You would literally just need to run an agency. You just need a phone, a domain and a website. Yeah. Right. And then you just need workers, which isn't rocket science to find either. Yeah. So just touching on that even with like the Uber and Airbnb they just did so well because of the timing if you had a house you had a job yeah if you had a car you had a job and where times were tough during those times uh, these uh, industries actually just boomed and there was a gap in the market and that's another thing solving a problem I think that's don't think about like the branding and all that fancy marketing I think you need a I think if you're solving a problem people pay for it they're paying for value and yeah. your job is to offer value as an entrepreneur yeah, and that's the thing as well, man. I think a lot of people tend to think of their advertising business, but they never like try to figure out where the problems could be within, like, say, their their their, their industry, right? Mm. Like for an example, like fucking Afterpay, yeah. right? Obviously, my parents got onto Afterpay stocks way before fucking it even got up to a certain point where they had to sell it off, right? Yeah, they fucking went up like ten bucks for Afterpay. Boom, they got it at forty five. See you later. Fucking gone. Yeah, and stuff like that. But like, I always say all the time, particularly with stocks as well, you would probably know. Figuring out like an ambitious idea and investing into that prior to its probably boom off, mm. which it's hard to predict, but like if the ambition, the idea is there and you understand the company's values and what it needs, mm. I feel like that's one of the more better ways to go about obviously buying stocks or it's obviously one of the better ways of developing a business is finding that niche, not niche. I'm not a big fan of like niches sometimes depending on the company. Obviously, if you're a PT, I feel like knowing a little bit of everything, for an example, when it comes to strength, a little bit of hypertrophy and some conditioning, I think it can actually benefit you more so than just being so fucking all in, dialed in focus, depending on the individual as well. If you're training general pop, most of the time, that's probably the better way to go about it is being a generalist. If you're a guy that just wants to train athletes and just fucking be an S&C, bro, go ahead with your plyometric shit, go ahead with power, mm. you know, periodization, strength work, go that route. So two things there I wanted to touch on. So. The, the end goal of any business is commercialization. Yeah. Apple wants your dad, your mom, your grandma, your grandpa, you and your siblings and friends to have an iPhone. Yeah. Whether it's the latest, the oldest, yeah. or a Apple product, or just to like lock you in and be like upsell, high ticket, etc. So yeah, having that vision of like going niche, yeah, that's good in the future. But it took me over a decade to even consider PT because I just didn't think I was good enough. I just at that. Um, and the, the thing with Afterpay as well, you're saying it's hard to predict. I actually did cover this a little bit in my stock podcast with Jack, who, who day trades for me with his um, equity fund. Okay, yeah. So during the 2019 where I did quite well, I actually had just got into stocks and I just bought a few bank stocks. And I had this vision of uh, making a dividend portfolio and 
I didn't really do the maths realizing how much money you actually need to try and live off a dividend portfolio. So yeah. it's only paying two, three, four, five percent. Uh, yeah, you do the maths. If you have a million dollars and you're on five percent, yeah. it's it's not really that much money. No. But with the solving a problem thing, I was speaking to Jack back and forth. I was like, hey, like the only stocks I bought, which were my personal bank stocks, uh, were tanking a little bit. Um, and he goes, well, you know, if we look at what's government backed, what's you know, going to be protected, what's going to um, keep the economy going and what are people going to use during this time of adversity? Uh, FMG, I had a few friends who worked there. They were fine. They were more than fine. They were prospering while the stock price was plummeting. Yeah. So I bought them. Qantas, it's government backed. They're not going to let anything go. And if you have someone who does understand, you know, technical and fundamental analysis, you can kind of pick the bottoms within a decent range. Yeah. You've probably seen charts with those lines and you're like, yeah, let's just draw lines. There's the bottom and there's yeah. the buy range. And yeah, he did all that, you know, grunt work for me. And I had Afterpay as well. And that's purely because if you are in a lockdown getting government stim checks and do you really think we're more on the investment, use your money responsibly culture or in the consumer culture? Correct. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I got pretty lucky with those. Yeah which was good. That's big time, man. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, I'm assuming you probably sold it off or did you just kind of maintain? I sold it off to pay twice at 50 bucks. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. could have done way better, but I mean, how do you pick the top as well? Yeah. 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 You just see number go up and Royce, uh, went to my Bitcoin podcast with, he goes, what's your, what's your stock, pod, uh, what's your stock uh, strategy? And I was like, I literally said as a joke, I don't, I don't know, man, the numbers just go up. And he was just like, NGL. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's like a meme. I'm like, but I'm like man you could literally just put it in anything during that time the number just went up yeah but now people claim to be in stocks and don't realize like hey most people trading they're actually losing like, okay yeah, yeah yeah they're not it's very hard to make money in a bearish market which we are in at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. now obviously a huge part of, speaking of like markets and cryptocurrency and stuff like that I've only just kind of started to delve into cryptocurrency because like the parents were starting to get into it and they're like, oh, I you don't go cryptocurrency. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? Stuff like that. I'm, the, I'm very tone deaf when it comes to cryptocurrency sure. and stuff like that. All I know is those top dog names like Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Solana, yes. Cardano, yeah. all, XRP, all that shit, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. Obviously, I'm assuming you're, you come off as a bit of a Bitcoin guy. Yeah. That would probably just go for Bitcoin because obviously there's going to be much more worth when it's in the thousands and thousands of dollars as it is already. Yeah. And there's probably more stability and stabilization with something like Bitcoin as well. Yeah. Um, have you gone for any other cryptocurrencies at this point in time or is crypto kind of that safe bet you reckon? Okay, so first things first, for anyone thinking about getting into crypto, I would highly recommend just reading one book called The Bitcoin Standard. It was the only book I needed to really be convinced with that and actually pushing crypto. I get, there's no financial uh, gain from me pushing Bitcoin, trust me. All the people who listen to this combined, if you put your life savings in, you're not going to change the market. Bitcoin had a, a market cap of 1.5 trillion, I think, at its peak, Fuck. which was, I mean, just to fathom, that's like more than 10% of the gold uh, market cap. So yeah. it's not it's not a joke. Uh, it's, it's definitely solidified its place. And people say it's a speculative asset. I'm like, well, define speculative. Is it how long it's been around? Is it its performance? Is it its, its price? Is it like everyone's gonna have a different definition. It's like saying, what's a woman, right? You could, ask, <laughs> you could ask one person and they're gonna say biology and that person's gonna say identity. It's, a, it's just a perception, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no, I don't know what's gonna define speculative asset, but 
it is the best performing asset around. And yep. no, no one's lost money holding it for more than four years. The fundamentals of it is that it can't be created, it can't be destroyed, and to hack it, you would need like half of America's electricity on at once to try and even have a chance of attacking the network. Yeah. So, long story short, it if if you want to you know look at the American dollar as a cryptocurrency, infinite supply can be made at any second. It's not backed by anything. You're gonna lose value to inflation, and people just see these crazy uh, Bitcoin swings and go, ah, it's a scam. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They get a bit of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, 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 and that's fine. But like they've tried to ban it like a hundred times. They've tried to. This is around the world. They've tried right. to say it's a scam. They've tried to. They've tried. They've thrown everything, and no one's coming to save it. They're not going to bail out crypto or Bitcoin, but they'll bail out bail out Qantas seven hundred million bucks. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, the government bailed. No, it's actually the taxpayers. So it's Bitcoin is a very good reflection of what's really happening, and because it's you know we had the FTX, um, you know the you know, the Ponzi of FTX. Ah, that's right, we went bankrupt, eh? Yeah, yeah. They, they basically over-leveraged, were very dangerous with their um, spendings and um, risk-taking and their stop losses. And then that's caused a bit of a ripple and Binance saw this opportunity and they they basically exposed it for what it is. Just bear in mind, that was the second biggest exchange and that was also, this guy was in the pockets of, you know, very big globalist activists, governments, you know, donated a crap load to... Uh, the Democratic Party and came off as this virtue, yada, yada, yada. But follow the money and the market spoke and this is why you should store your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrencies on a cold storage. Which Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. So to answer your question, do I dabble in other, any other coins? I made, I had a bit of dough back in the, back in the day <laughs> and I wanted to exchange, um, you know, $1,500 into, from Bitcoin to dough. Accidentally did fifteen thousand because it was in a decimal. I meant to do, I think, zero point two, zero point zero two, and I did zero point two. And I just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to own it. And it, just, it was going up, and it just kept going up. And I just sat there every fifteen minutes. I was like, it went up like, I think I, I saw it at one point, one hundred ninety percent, and came down to one hundred twenty percent. I just sold it, and that happened at about twelve midnight. And I woke up at like four a.m. just to make sure I made the right decision, and I definitely did. A little bit there, um, I was mining Ethereum. Um, yeah. I had, uh, I have, sorry, five 3090 graphics cards and another small rig now at the moment. But um, the thing is, depending, you know, you can lend out your hash to mine certain coins yeah. or you can go into the miner on a, on a network, uh, which was Ethereum for a while, but obviously that's gone from, I always get these mixed up, proof of work to proof of state or whatever. So now I'm looking at a, a new coin to, to mine, but overall my main holdings are uh, probably 90% Bitcoin and probably about 10% Ethereum for mining. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think just to conclude that sort of thing, if you look at the markets now and you see like Bitcoin's, you know, going from, um, you know, 90,000 Australian to about 25,000 Australian. Yes, there's volatility, but you need volatility for greatness. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of these 20,000 whatever crypto coins, a lot of them aren't going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's it, man. That's something that, like, when I was starting to delve into it, like, the world economical system, hypothetically, in, let's say, 10, whenever the fuck the thing starts to transition through, there's there's only going to be, like, a percentile of these fucking coins mm. that are going to make it into that, not even that, 0. 0.5, maybe? Mm. 0. 0.5, 0. 0.25? 
of a percent of these cryptocurrency coins are going to be the ones that we're going to start to use as utility. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, if they're going to look up, and if they started getting to that outside of Bitcoin, like one of the things that what I was taught with Bitcoin, like cryptocurrencies is that you don't find utility in these cryptocurrencies. Yeah, when they, when Doge had the fourth biggest market cap, what was its utility? It had like infinite supply. Yeah. And you've got Elon Musk tweeting about it. It's yeah, like, fuck all. Cool. Cool. You put that in like academia is like, oh, there's the study of main coins. Same as Shibu. Same as Shibu. Same thing. That's yeah. like a Doge 2.0. And I mean, yeah, like it, I can see the value of like a exchange having their own coin. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's centralized. And the point of Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. That's correct. Exactly. And the thing is, once we see the... Um, regulation of it that you know the bitcoin maxis and purists are going to go well hey that's not what it's about but once they regulate it and they accept it and it actually becomes a part of society like properly properly you're going to see sovereign wealth funds you're going to see pension funds you're going to see um hedge funds and banks because if you if the supply is fixed then there's no one who can be greedy with it and just print it into inflationary uselessness and Look at Venezuela, look at Turkey, look at these countries that have printed into hyperinflation and they're, yeah. guys, they're screwed it. It's just daylight robbery for the middle class. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And obviously an issue that's going on, I reckon, with the world at the moment is definitely the debt that some of these countries are into. Like if you look at some of the debt in here in Australia, mm. it's almost at a trillion dollars. Mm. It's absolutely fucked. Same with the United States of America as well. Yeah. Like all they're just doing is printing out money, printing out money, printing out money, printing out money. But where does that get to a point where it's kind of like, okay, we've got to fucking hold a red flag and shit like that to this situation? Well, what do you think? That's that's an interesting one. And Australia's debt to GDP is probably not that bad. We have so many resources. And the thing is, if, you're, if your GDP is more than your debt, yeah. you're, you're profitable. You're, you're probably doing okay. Yeah. America's one I still can't understand because their, their debt to GDP is protected by a trillion dollar annual military budget so yeah, yeah yeah when you have like a 24 trillion gdp and a 31 trillion dollar debt you're paying like a trillion dollars a year in interest on its own that's yeah. just to like service the debt but then they're sending money to fight for ukraine and you're like well you don't even have this money yet you're printing it they're kind of relying on the fact that they're the reserve currency yeah and that they're trading in the you know they call it the petrol dollar the petrodollar uh, for the oil and whatnot, and I think the history of that was um, America would provide defense for the mining of the the oil with the with the Arabs. I think it was something along the lines sure. of that. They had an issue with um, you know groups that were trying to attack, and then they came up with this negotiation. But they are America is so screwed. I think if they you know if people go off the American dollar, I don't know what they would go to. I mean, people talk about the yuan, but then I've heard arguments for and against. But at the end of the day, there's got to be a point where they have a reality check and go, this is a failing business model. It's kind of like a Ponzi, but I don't have a crystal ball and they're going to say it's fine until it's not. And then you have a crash, but we've seen crashes before. We've seen 2008, we've seen 2020. Yeah. And I think you, you're going to have these um, market corrections where it can't just be bullish and up and everyone just makes money all the time. There has to be corrections. And whether it's a housing cycle, it's a uh, you know country or a, debt or an interest rate that everything goes through cycles and i guess the beauty is if you can time it and look at past trends which is possible there are graphs and suggestions uh even with the property cycle in australia they reckon that we're going to be on a pre pretty good trend for about you know up to about 25 26 where we will have a correction but you'll always notice stocks and uh property are very inverse so yeah stocks are down property goes up because people transfer their money 
to where the money is. Yeah. So you're probably noticing a lot of um, homes for sale because people are freaking out because interest rates are so high, but property on average is going up. Yeah. Because we're doing open the borders, infrastructure, unemployment. Everything's like really good in WA. It's the best place to, to live. Like someone would have to change my mind on that one. Space, beaches, value. Yeah. Um, and even just what we earn for how much a property costs. Our parents were, what, one year income could probably buy a house for our parents. Yeah. Now, now it's like six times for us to buy a house. But then in Sydney, it's like 20 times. So yeah, to answer your question with this debt to GDP thing, like, yeah, it's fine until it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Now I was gonna say, okay, so pretty much like talking about the whole 2020 stuff, obviously we went through COVID-19 and um, one of the things that I feel like I gained a lot of respect for you about is obviously um, what happened during the pandemic and this idea of the uh, the needle, obviously, uh, and the mandate behind it as well here in Western Australia, um, which I vocally said to a lot of people that I didn't agree with. I thought it was wrong because um, obviously I feel like, quote unquote, we should have a freedom here um, to make a choice of whether we want to take it or not, whether we have to sacrifice our jobs because we don't know whether the validity of us taking the needle it's going to be of worth to some individuals. And some people just don't want to do it. Some people just can't be fucked. Some people are just healthy individuals already as well. So what's the fucking point? <laughs> like, if you're a reasonably healthy dude, like, you should be okay. You'll get sick, sure, whatever. But fuck me. Is that the worst you're going to get in the grand scheme of things for a respiratory virus that's just that mild of worse and stuff yeah. like that? Um, so obviously, the video that I saw was an idea of an attack on culture when it came to COVID-19. Would you be able to just elaborate on that a little bit more, please? Attack on culture... Well, basically, like, what I saw one of your videos, and basically what you're talking about was this idea, this notion that basically the mandate and what the mandate was doing was basically uh, pretty much fucking up the... Uh, it's hard to word, because sh- I'm shit at words. Yeah, it's like, a, it was like, I think I know what you're talking about. When I say an attack on culture, it it's like, I've got this conspiracy that, you know, the... It's, there seems to be something that's always pumped in the news cycle to divide society, right? Everything sure. would just be a little bit better. And this is why I'm saying, like, before, I didn't even think about politics before 2019, the yeah. Trump-Biden election, where you've got shell of a human gaffing, can't put a sentence together. But you know what? Is the orange man that bad? Is a few mean tweets, like, that bad to warrant that this guy who can't string a sentence together has the nuclear codes? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people can name a few good things that Trump's done, Character, not the best. Probably cheats. I agree with that. I I I wasn't a big fan of his character. He probably lies a little bit and whatnot. But like, you know, self-made billionaire. Oh, I shouldn't even say self-made. But like, billionaire businessman, non-politician, knows the system's rigged. Will say it out loud. Calls it out. Like people just hadn't seen that. It was like whoa. And he got vilified. Vilified. Right word. Yeah. Yep. That is a word. So. You know, when, when I say it's an attack on culture, right? It just seems when there's always something in the news cycle of like Amazon and Nike supporting Black Lives Matter, matter virtue signaling. And it's like, <laughs> literally CNN, quote, mostly peaceful protests, burning buildings in the background, Nike store getting looted, tweet, Nike, we support BLM. And you're just like, how gaslight do people have to be to really buy this, right? So right. With, the, um, with the COVID stuff, I found that very, very quickly... Um, how much of a libertarian I was. So a good quote was, um, I don't care if you fuck a goat, just don't fuck my goat and it's none of my business and it's <laughs> in front of my nose. And I was like, oh my God, that hits me so hard. Yeah. I don't care what people do. Just I just don't want it to affect me. I bought businesses 
to run my own life and be autonomous. And I value freedom. I value choice. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I'm working towards is to have autonomy, freedom, and control over my own destiny. Yeah. Now, I I was very vocal about this stuff because one, it's a respiratory infection. We knew this from the beginning. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. We knew from the beginning it affects older people and we knew it affects comorbidity people. Yep. My argument was always personal responsibility over telling someone what to do. If you were that genuinely scared because the media told you this thing is going to drop you dead, we're, we're living miracles if we're unvaxxed, literally, yeah, according yeah. to the science, well, whatever science they were following. Now, if it was really that big of an issue, you would think people would actually, you know, they had years to actually take ownership over their health. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you can't argue the fact that, you know, exercise, sunlight, eat half well, be in a healthy fat range is going to be a beneficial, but if, gonna, if you'd rather tell someone, take this jab for my health and safety, I, I have an issue with that because you haven't upheld my health standards. So why should I listen to what you have to say? Yeah. Now, when the government says, trust us, we're following the health advice and, you know, anything outside of what we say, you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, that rubs me the wrong way as well. Looking at the stats objectively, there was no real change to like world deaths. There were influenza went down like 98%, COVID went up out of nowhere. And, you know, we're looking at the stats, you know, daily and the news cycle daily. And I was like, well, where is the science that I can actually read to see what I'm putting in my body? You're an anti-vaxxer. You're a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, yeah, but how is it a conspiracy theorist just to ask for a bit of information? I agree. Yeah, so like, then people would say, but we put worse things in our body. I'm like, that's fine. I don't care, but I just kind of want to know what this thing is because I don't know what's in it. Yeah. And yeah, sure, the conspiracies got pretty whack as well. So the, the bigger the suppression, the bigger the conspiracies, people saying, oh, high rates of COVID where there's 5G towers. It's like, yeah, because it's more people. It's not really a, it's not really a valid argument. Yeah. Right? So I, I looked at it from like all the, all the angles. And then when they said, you need to be vaxxed just to go sit in a restaurant to order a coffee. And I'm like, based on what? Like, where are we getting this information? And it got so ridiculous where I felt this need to, one, speak at protests, two, if I could get on the news, and both of which I did because I'd never felt so strongly towards something. And yeah, basically I just said on the news, I was like, you know, hey, we think this is a bit of a government overreaction. Uh, we're not anti-vaxxers, we just believe in choice. And I thought that was literally my f- 10 seconds of my thoughts that I think people needed to hear because mm-hmm. if we're going to lose our mind over a respiratory infection, change my mind that this wasn't just a some sort of drill to see how much compliance we could get out of Western culture. Yeah. Because I think it was just getting to the point of how long are we going to do this and how sustainable is this? And yeah. if you want to crash economies and do a really good wealth transfer from the middle class to the, the rich, just look at who profited off it. Just, to, you know, government workers were protected. Big businesses were protected. Yeah. You know, you could go get McDonald's, but you couldn't go to the local organic food store. You could go to Woolworths and you couldn't go to the gym. And I'm like, okay, I guess you need food, but what about the health food store? But I can go to the bottle shop. You're playing with people's lives at this point. Yeah. You don't know when you're getting a payout. Yeah. You don't know what stimmy check you're getting. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess this whole this whole thing it just it grinded a lot of like moral uh, moral fibers within myself. Yeah. And then you know we could see people were getting injured. It's on the TGA website. And as soon as the stuff started coming up with you know myocarditis, pericarditis, stroke, 
I was like, I know people around me, and then other people are saying, we don't know anyone. I'm like, yeah, but you're not outspoken. Why would someone tell you they got myocarditis? Yeah, yeah. Why would they tell you that um, their, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, what's it called? Their period cycle is off. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's their medical information, right? That's yeah, not yeah. something you really want to talk about. But when people are outspoken, they're like, oh my God, I actually, yeah, I was, I had heart inflammation. I had a heart palpitation. I'm like, yeah. And then when, I had to talk to my, my doctor about getting my um, vein surgery and he's obviously, you know, we could talk about these things. Yeah. I said to him, I was like, dude, change my mind. What's the, what's the, what's the opportunity cost of me getting this? And then I was like, we'll have this conversation in six months. And I had my follow-up after my um, sclerotherapy and basically varicose veins injection, block it up. And I said, hey, it's pretty funny how Pfizer said it does nothing for transmission, hey? And he's, oh, I know, I know. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks, right? Let me just have this, let me just soak in it because like you were so smitten and it's all coming out now and everything has a polarity, right? And now we're just kind of yep. seeing it. But we also know that they're going to try and keep the side effects down as well. Yeah. I find it really fucked up actually because like the idea is that like, that the, I, I always had this theory that the elite psychologically always wanted to play with the middle class mm. because it gives an opportunity for the elites to stand where they are and even just get amplified to that degree. So obviously when they shut down health food stores, but they'll keep the bottle shop open. Mm. What do you think the 40-year-old man who's got the full-time work is going to go to in a time of, like, fucked up mental health? Absolutely, dude. And that's why I say it's like a culture attack because it seemed like anything to divide and make us just, like, weak and, like, you know, just less of a man and less, like, masculine. Yeah. Um, You know, like, it, it just seemed like it was like a... How would you do that any different? You close the gym and you keep fast food and bottle shops open. Yeah, exactly. What are people going to do when they have no... Uh, thing to occupy their time and they're not that driven you know if they weren't going to the gym, ri- gym originally or whatnot now they're getting told they can only walk for an hour outside but they can go to the bottle shop for an, like it just doesn't make any sense and if you want to get really technical you could look at you know um, increased depression suicide yes exactly all those other things as well and now that most people have probably had COVID and people say oh but my blah 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 died of COVID I'm like yeah, I get it, but I don't know this person and you don't know how they actually died and was it the presence of COVID or did they die from COVID only? Like, sure. unless you can like, you know, that's not how you do science. But I also understand that if someone has an emotional hook, you've got to be very careful how you approach these conversations that's correct. as well. Yeah, yeah. But on the same breath, it's like, you just can't make everyone happy either. Well, you can't. No. You can't. And that's obviously, and that's why like obviously when you, when you speak these things and stuff like that, you can't expect to be universally praised about anything. Like, if you do, then you're a fucking idiot. You don't yeah. understand society or the world in general to, to in 2022. Have, to have an opinion, you have to risk offending. Yeah, exactly. Gotta, <laughs> of course. You're going to have these uncomfortable conversations, but that's what's happening. And once again, culture attack is you're not getting both sides. And when, you know, left-wing, democratic, big tech, governments, mainstream media are all in, you know, all in each other's pockets and lobbying and that sort of stuff... It's like legal corruption and it's literally reshaping reality. Yeah. And I think that is really, really scary. But like anything, I think it will sort of balance out when people go, whoa, we've just gone like... Yeah, hey, that's exactly right. People who don't yeah. even want to gender their baby now. That's fucked. And yeah. just raise them as non-binary. And I'm like, I don't have an opinion on that, but I think that's that's pretty weird and that's a weird direction to head. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But people will just say, oh, but, but what if they just want to do that and stuff like that? Like, like what, what, what do you fucking mean? Like, uh, what, what, where's, the, where's the idea behind that? Because just why not? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and, and we, we watched this documentary. Um, 
and yeah it was literally what is a woman and i would recommend that to anyone who is unsure because it's this premise of like biology and identity so you can identify as whatever you want according to these people but when you ask them what is a woman and they say someone who identifies as a woman well we've got reality biology and you know there's some anomalies that are going to be both sex or no sex yeah that's not you know now where we've got you know all these left wingers who are just magically transitioning and identifying and like that's fine but it's like okay if you can have your own pronouns i want my own adjectives okay sure I'll play that game yeah call me call me big dog shit today and if you don't <laughs> i mean that's the direction right and i and like like i said it you know if a kid want, if they want to if a parent wants to raise their child non-binary like yeah according to my values i shouldn't care about that yeah, yeah but then true. the thing is if we if it gets pushed into law that you know that becomes an issue then i'm like okay and this is where jordan peterson is such a you know a good, of course good reflection because he, i'll see him next week actually yeah we're, we're, we're going as well oh so, fuck yeah, yeah that'd be good man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll probably see you there yeah yeah it'd be good man i'm going with mum because mum has been like on a fucking bullish jordan b peterson train yeah i was gonna go with a mate but i was like you know what i'm gonna have some time with mum and i'll take her to jordan b peterson because she's been so fucking tricked on jordan b peterson yeah. for a few months now so really happy for her so it'll be a good time sick yeah, yeah. that'll be it'll be phenomenal i saw him last time he was here and I'll be honest, I was a little insecure from how, from how little I understood because he yeah. just, he just speak, like he, I, I knew him as like the internet burn guy. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, this guy is so intelligent. I read his book and I was like, I liked the book because it was like a bit more user-friendly. But sure. the talk, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm bringing my prescription glasses and I'm actively listening and yeah. going to absorb as much as I can. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, man. Like, I mean, I was, I, I, I didn't mind the 12 rules for life. You, you, obviously the first one, but the 12 more rules for life book, I thought was just fucking phenomenal. Like, oh, I was, nice. I loved the second one more than the first one. I did go through the first one. I tried to go through it like two to three times, but fuck me. Like some of the words you can say in that book, just, oh. just right over the head, man. Yeah. I mean, that's to him. If you can like really put that into sentences and make it make sense, good on you. But like, but fuck man, I just couldn't get it. <laughs> ah, that's, that's cool, man. And, and there's only one book that I've read twice and that was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing. That's a great book as well. Phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah, anyone who reads a book twice and vouches, I'm like, I'll give it a crack because I need a bit of like persuasion if I'm going to commit, you know, eight hours to an audiobook or something 100%. like that. So yeah. Are you a big reader? I wouldn't say a big reader. I do like the occasional audiobook. And when I wasn't working, I was pumping through books because I was like, how do I pass the time? I literally could yep. do whatever I want for that eight, eight month period that I wasn't really um, working. And yeah, man, I just... I, I was so bullish on everything I wanted to do and I found out really quickly what I did and didn't want to do. Yeah. But I think nowadays I'm a bit more, you know, if there's a documentary or there's a book or there's something, I'll try and find the podcast. If I vibe the podcast, I'll, I'll commit to the book or if it's heavily vouched. And it also depends on what I'm feeling at the time. Like, I wouldn't wish upon someone to read a finance book if they're not feeling it. Sure. Even though I think it would benefit a lot of people. But if it was like... Um, you know, like a love language book, a relationship book, or a masculinity book. I'm like, if I'm in the mood, man, that's that's me. Yeah, fuck right. yeah, that's so, good. That's good. Depends on the yeah. D- depends on the on the vibe. Like, I'm gonna be on a plane in three hours, and I've got to figure out what I want to download. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have to get in the book soon too. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, um, if like obviously you're very well versed with it when it comes to the political world, I would say. Um, obviously, is there like platforms or anything like that you kind of use in order to educate yourself, or do you just kind of go off of just media? Like, what's that? Yeah, where do you go from? I I, I follow um, a few political commentators, and at the moment, like uh, Mark Dice for like the right wing stuff, and sure. 
I think his name is Philip DeFranco for the left wing stuff. But that's that's very healthy that you look at both sides, which I respect a lot. Yeah, it's really really good. Being a Libra, I mean, not that I'm huge on astrology, but I did a lot of my astrology, human design, tarot card reading, all in the space of a couple of months, and yep. I learned a lot about myself. And I think it's good parameters, but it's also like religion. You don't have to be bullish on religion, but you can sure. check the good bits out of it. Same with spirituality. You don't have to, you know, breathe for you know four breaths of minute and meditate for like two hours a day like you can, it, yeah. you can just take the good bits that you vibe with and, and just put in your belt you see people would always give you shit for that type of idea people go oh man you're gonna go fucking religion what the fuck's wrong with you bro and stuff like that and you're like what are you fucking on about cunt just like fitness right for an example obviously let's take it back to fitness for yeah. some that are just in fitness relation obviously like knees over toes guy and stuff like that like there's some stuff when it comes to traveling the knees over toes that's great you know the dogma behind that is you know gonna go go because the knees over toes go and sled backwards really good for the knees get a sick quad pump without the eccentric loading onto the quads right you could take that from the knees over toes system right then if you get something from let's say yoga you know lengthening the muscle through mobility isometric isometric holds and positions that are probably going to benefit you quite a bit as well and they're going to find a little bit of core uh, core strengthening erector spinae strengthening blah, blah blah then you could take from um you know obviously an athlete you know adding a little bit of plyometric work maybe a bit of jump rope just to make sure that your feet and your calves are staying quite elastic and quite healthy throughout a long duration you don't have to fucking do box jumps you don't have to yate out of the building but a little bit of jump rope for like 60 seconds in rounds that's not bad for your body mm-hmm. it'll keep the calves keep the achilles tendon nice and strong and poppy right so that taking from systems and a little bit each time and understanding there is flaws in multiple systems is always the healthy way to go about it, in my opinion. So what you mentioned there with knees over toe guy, that's his branding. And I think that's a really important thing to mention with-, um, with Oh yeah, yeah, right? he's a hell of a businessman. He he is knees over toe guy. That's right. I don't even know his name. I know who you're talking about, yeah. but there's obviously that thing of, um, you know, cap- capitali- the capitalism of branding, which, it's a whole nother discussion, but you're sure. saying with like the, you don't have to go balls to the wall. Well, some things, I mean, it's a bit, I think it's rich actually coming from you because you're the lunge guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those, you know, daily, multiple days, what, months? Like month? Yeah, well, I've, I've actually haven't done lunges since my fracture show in January. Yeah. So it's been like 800 meters of reverse sled drags every day. So I'm at day 209. Amazing breathing, reverse sled drag. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm <up> today. Um, <laughs> but to be fair though, it's like, you have to overreach with some things just to give it a go and know you're sure. Yeah. And if you want to I agree with that. Yeah, if you're trying to increase your um your discipline or your adversity in a certain um objective to overcome, it's good to do that because I did the whole chicken rice broccoli five day split bodybuilding shit with like zero function good tone. Yeah. Um but strangely enough I found like a more holistic approach ten times better where sure. I've gone well, what do I actually want to do? And we spoke about this before, yeah. reverse engineering the goal. Okay, That's right. I want to be you know, relatively fit. I want to be functional and I want to look good. But yeah. if I'm training, let's say for um, a boxing fight, I'm not going to be doing 400 meter lunges because that's not sport specific to what I need. That's correct. I yeah. need to be explosive and I need to be limber and weights don't really help boxing that, that great a deal. But after that, yeah, I want to go, I want to, I want to build, build my muscles and reduce my fat. and you have to look at who has the best physiques and it's bodybuilders what are their training principles well it's isolate the muscle groups give it enough volume do your steps for cardio but do i just want to purely be that mm, not really so yeah. i want to do one one session a week of hit yeah so i actually have some cardiovascular strength as well yeah so yeah um i think yeah just a balanced approach and it's good if you overreach because if you said to someone you're doing you know your exercise protocols 
That's going to sound ludicrous, but yeah, exactly. you're, you're not God. You did it. Yeah. You've proven you've done it. And yeah. <laughs> it's no one died and your legs didn't fall off either. No, nah, that's it, man. I didn't overtrain or anything like that either, man. And uh, I think people, and this is the thing about daily exercise as well, but I think some people tend to get a little bit incorrect, is that it takes a fucking lot of work to overtrain the fucking body. Mm. Should you do like get to that point of overtraining or getting very close to that point? Yeah, probably not. You probably shouldn't. But as you said, if you went absolutely fucking all in on that very small thing, yeah, you're probably going to get very, very close to it. Like me, lunging a mile every single day to cut down for weight for a shoot. You know, it fucking helped out. My adductors and my glutes were fucking huge. <laughs> like I got a fucking reaper comp in the legs while I was still coming down, which is fucking wild. You know what I mean? But like the mental elements behind that, because I was able to fucking put these headphones on or any headphones on and just listen to, listen to fucking audiobooks and just like really stay kind of in that zone or stay in that area. And I think that's definitely one of the most underrated components to cardiovascular training, is that you're able to put the headphones on and fucking listen to some music if you want to listen to an album or whatever, or obviously listen to an audiobook and give yourself that space and time throughout the day where you can listen to that shit. It is a type of discipline and from, I guess, a more like, you know, Western culture, that's like, it's it's productive, you're two birds, one stone. Sure. But if you really wanted to like, extra you know you look at the the goggins who will do those in, in incredible runs yep. no headphones pure discipline that's fucked and then yeah you can take it a step further i, I follow this um ufc fighter um jiri who's got a he's a he's the light heavyweight um champion at the moment having a rematch with global oh yeah december 11 and this guy no word of a lie dude he locks himself in a room for three days beds about a third of the size of the room it's so dark he doesn't even know what time of the day is and in water for three days fuck and that just sounds horrendous but this is this is the guy that someone has to fight and it's like you think your day is bad you got this guy doing this for a trip yeah exactly that's fucked so it's like when you're talking about like the the nasal breathing lunges and the um the sled sorry sled drags and like your your exercise protocols it sounds crazy it sounds friggin nuts but you read you know you can't hurt me David Goggins and that guy was like shitting himself bleeding pissing <laughs> that's right running 100 miles just yeah. to qualify for the the next race and you're like jesus is my 5k run really that bad in comparison? Exactly. so you're right maybe it's a, a masculine uh demonstration of discipline and yeah. overcoming you know difficulty so there's there's more to it than just obviously you know looking the part there's the the mental toughness that's which exactly is going to right. translate to everyday life. Yeah, and obviously, like it's funny because like obviously Andrew Tate's become the name of the fucking the pack nowadays. <laughs> yes. Um, and he talks about the idea of just fucking banging out push-ups. Yeah. Just like five hundred to a thousand push-ups, bang them out. I mean, my elbows would probably die like halfway through that, but I, I I get what he refers to when it comes to because obviously the physical discipline to do a thousand push-ups or five even five hundred mm. is fucked. Like mm. even a hundred is pretty difficult sometimes for people. You know what yeah. I mean? so like and like this this is the thing that we obviously I'm going to reverse engineer it back at the podcast um, this idea of masculinity obviously you know which I think is quite a huge component to society that's missing nowadays you know and I stand by that quite strongly um, but obviously I feel like since that 2016 as I started with the podcast with um, masculinity has dropped off quite dramatically very sadly and obviously um, obviously men have lost their lives very unfortunately um because of stuff like you know committing suicide i've had i've had people in my life that obviously uh committed suicide it's quite sad you know, very unfortunate you feel quite a bit of burden and guilt obviously behind it 
And obviously, I want to give you my condolences, by the way. I forgot to give you my condolences. For Obviously, I've seen some of your posts on Instagram. Yeah, People that have passed. I'm very sorry. Um, but obviously, like, where do you where do you see masculinity going, obviously, if guys like Andrew Tate or, like, just figures out that yep. don't start to come into fruition now or start to get cancelled? Yeah, okay, so... I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of the, the market will correct itself. It's like anything, right? You leave it to the people who kind of figure it out. Where I have an issue is like the external intervention and the censorship and the coercion and that sort of stuff. So with Andrew Tate specifically, um, and I'm just going to use a couple examples as well. You've got David Icke, conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones. Yeah, he made one blunder. Probably didn't deserve to be like completely taken off the world. And then you've got Trump, who got deplatformed. You have yeah, Kanye West. Kanye West, who had an opinion about the we can't talk about them. Um, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, you know these guys all and Tate, they all got deplatformed for opinions, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people, very intelligent people, who just believe in free speech. And yeah, sure, there's some things that probably shouldn't be said, but it doesn't warrant them to be completely annihilated of digital footprint existence. Yeah. Probably not. So with the Tate thing, right, it's pretty It's pretty funny when people go, oh, he's a misogynist, bigot, racist, transphobe, just this big conglomerate of phobia words, and you're like, well, what has he actually done that's so bad? Right. And then everything that he has done, he's addressed in his own apology video where he wanted to say that I could have said these things differently, but I say things in a way to be inflammatory, and there's a reason why he's the number one Google person on the planet. That's correct. But... If you're going to tell me it's warranted to attack and deplatform and defame and um, you know run his name through the dirt, well, you've got literally like terrorist groups and Putin and all these you know pretty bad people on Twitter who are there. They are there. They are literally Putin is literally starting war. Yeah, he's literally the responsible for death. If you're going to tell me Andrew Tate is responsible for deaths. And you're not going to acknowledge the fact that he's like run charities. He's, um, you know, a female charity, dog charity, um, helped ample amount of men, like we're saying with this masculinity thing. So, yes, when he wakes up one day and there's 150 news articles on him trying to cancel him, you can't tell me that's not a little bit unfair. Yeah. And then all this stuff gets censored. And then the way he gets interviewed by Piers Morgan is just an absolute joke. He did it about as good as he could. Yeah, like, Piers Morgan's a bit of a cock, so I'm putting it out there. <laughs> so to answer your question about this masculinity thing, like I said uh, before, this attack on culture where anything that can really attack the foundation of, I'm gonna, I don't want to say the patriarchy, but I guess you say what men and women are probably designed, I don't even want to say just like, men are better with things and women are better with people. Right? Of course. Just as a foundation. Yeah. So, with this uh, this masculinity thing, yeah, it's a threat because strong men would be a threat to being told what to do by you know a higher body. The does it warrant him being deplatformed? I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say so. Um, but you 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 know when there's black on black crime, let's say in America, it's like a lot of the issues are stemming from not having a father figure in the household. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. doesn't get spoken of because it's considered racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's, if, if, is reality racist? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just a stat. Or if you're white, it's considered white knighting or something like that. Or, yeah, you yeah, speak on the black's behalf. How dare you? Yeah. I don't know what the word of being anti-white is, but, like, you can't... 
I fucking hate it when fucking cunts do that. They're white. They're just all these fucking white people. I'm like, mate, relax. Fucking take it easy. Like, because black, black people do it to themselves all the time. Obviously, if a black man goes against the fucking, the usual views of a black person, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kanye West, right? According to media and television, right? Yeah. They, they call him a sellout and, you know, Uncle Tom's and all that stuff. But he did everything he wanted to achieve. Shoe brand, music, legend, oh, yeah. billionaire. He's one of the all-time greats. woman he wanted. Yeah. And then, I'm not, like, to be honest, it's very hard to know what he even said because I don't think uh, what he said probably warranted the reaction he got. But yeah. on the same breath, like, would we ever get the true story of that? I'm not, I'm not really too sure. But the, the attack on masculinity is real. And I think it all became very clear when I saw the... Um, Please tell me you saw the Gillette ad. Ah, oh, fuck me. I remember that uh, Gillette Oh, shit, man. Shortly, oh, I remember that Gillette ad. Probably shortly after, maybe a year fuck or two after, cringe. they they got rid of the dislike button on, on YouTube. That's right. And yeah, yeah. Like, they tried to do this ad about all the toxic masculine oh, things that fuck men would do. And I'm like, this must only apply to a very small amount of people because if I had toxic, toxic masculine friends, I don't understand how they... Uh, they integrate to society. It's like having a, a racist friend. I'm like, that's fine. Like I, I know some people who are sexist and I know some people who are racist, but I'm like, I'm not overly close with them. And I'm also very confused how they operate in the normal world, right? How they, sure. you know, you're gonna have a person at the checkout who's probably of color as an example, not being stereotypical, just an example, that if they're of color and you're racist and you're like, like, how does that, that just sounds tiring. Yeah, like, yeah, my mum warned me about like you know racism and stuff, and I'm like, eh, different, you know, different generation, Western culture. Like, yeah. even if I was the only person of color, it's like that's that's not it's not the end of the world because I know there's other people as well. Yeah, but the masculinity thing, yeah, it's 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 no joke, and I think anything to divide society um, by just labeling, you know, toxic masculinity is ruining the world. It's like no. Let's have a discussion about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, should be able to sit down with people and have debates. Like, do you do you do you want to fo- like find debate with individuals? Like, do you do you feel like it's a healthy thing to create dis- like debate and stuff like that? Because we we talked about this idea of like having the truth, and if we all had presented our truths and stuff like that, I mean, fuck me. Like, you're right, you were absolutely correct. And one of my mates talked about that is that if you put yourself everything, everything that you thought in your mindset straight out onto the internet, yeah. I mean, fuck me, you're gonna get in a lot of repercussions and some yeah. issues. Yeah, so the the looking for a debate thing, um, do you know what, as far as like the opportunity cost the time, I mean, it would absolutely serve my, my ego, but yeah. on the same breath as well, what even is the truth, right? You know, that, that, what, sure. that what, what is a woman documentary Depending who you ask, no matter regardless of qualifi- qualifications, up to professor of you know gender studies in universities, and you ask them what's a woman, these guys can't even answer it, and they yeah. they circle it back to what do you think a woman is, and it's like hey, I'm asking you, you're That's the gender <laughs> studies professor, here. and it's like it's like okay, someone who identifies as a woman, and you're like okay, so what is that? Yeah, do you know what I mean? And yeah, I get it's you. really unfortunate, and the. I, I don't like looking for a debate, but like I would welcome it. Like if I sure. had differing, differing opinions, I was like, this is the only way we both learn. And even yeah, if yeah. it's like a stalemate, and I even asked people about the, the whole vaccine thing. And when I was debating with doctors at the time, it was, it was basically coming down to, um, you know, agree to disagree because 
it was like you've got your opinions that you are not going to change no that's right there's also no net benefit for you changing your opinion because you're going to lose your job and you can't operate in your truth because you've got a certain amount of external pressure from you know governing bodies to say hey keep those side effects down don't tell people and also tell people it's safe and effective and it's like okay we can agree disagree but at the end of the day it's like does someone who's right have to tell you they're right or can the market just decide as well? Sure. People kind of know what I what I believe in, what I sort of value as well. Of course. But I'm not perfect. I'm not 100% right. No, that's right. There's going to be things that obviously are going to be a little bit abrasive. I just have an issue when there's no um, filter on quality as well. So with the fitness industry, fitness industry is booming. Supplement industry is booming. People are getting fatter. I have a huge issue with that. Yeah. Body yeah. fat of the average person is going up. Yeah. Now, I could get sour and bitter about that and go after every influencer but it's it's not really a good use of time but if yeah, i yeah. kept seeing it from someone oh my god it's just like we just spoke about epoch exercise post yeah, oxygen yeah, yeah. consumption uh, such a fucking stupid thing oh my dude that, that's so i mean it sounds super awesome yeah, someone yeah, who's yeah. never heard of it be like oh my god i can burn fat by sitting down and doing nothing if yeah. i so yeah, I mean, do I look for it? No, but I welcome it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, I would say that you're, you because you when we had our talk is that you you became a little bit more less involved in the fitness industry and stuff like that as well. Um, why is that? Um, to be honest, like the, the 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 issue with the fitness industry, in my opinion, is that it's a lot more to do with branding, marketing, and sales. Sure. And that's basically the same as like running a gym, except for me, the gym aligns a lot more with my purpose. I can't. I can't have, you know, the amount of online clients as I do gym members. I know one's going to make me way more money, yeah. but one's actually realistic in changing people's lives, in my opinion. So I, I will have my, you know, my degree and my years of experience that will never leave my brain and it's yeah. always there. And I do a few PT clients and I had, I think, five at my peak. And I was like, I just don't know how people do this. I'm like... I have to really, really enjoy this and want to be here yep. to trade my time for money. And yep. like, I would do it for free. And that's why I know I love this industry. Yep. But on the same breath, it's like, I want to be like influential. I want to be a leader. And I just can't do that on an individual level. Yep. And I just feel, not to say that I'm bigger than, I, like I said before, I was insecure about being a PT for quite some time because I was competing against my uni lecturer who works in SNC who charged $80 an hour. And I'm like, this guy is like the real deal. He's a PhD, university tertiary entrance, competed, all this stuff. And I'm like, if he's charging 80 an hour, how's the Cert 3 guy charging over 100 an hour yeah. who doesn't doesn't know basic functional anatomy or physiology? Yeah, yeah. So that's what that was always in my head. And I think it's just maybe something I have to deal with to go like, hey, you should know your value. Because I went more into the biohacking and sleep and stuff that just applies to your everyday person yeah, yeah so if someone can sleep better recover better it's going to translate to other areas of their life 100 that to me where that's where i was posting like my aura ring stats and yeah um showing like hey look like <laughs> i'm pretty good at what i do right yeah yeah that's and right that, and that's why i was like whenever i sit down with someone i i just go hey like let's spend an hour i don't particularly think you need my services but i just want to help you on an individual level and give you the tools you need. And if you want to work with me in the future, that's fine. But just know that this is not something I particularly like to do, but I'm happy to do it for you because I know you've come to me wanting this information. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so obviously, like, did it did it become like a decrease? It seemed like obviously it was banning marketing, blah blah blah. But did, was there a decreased motivation or like a decreased adherence to wanting to stay within an industry because of the fallacies behind it as well? It, it, it's a it's a tough one, man. Because like, I I, I would never be that guy who just flip flops industries because I'm like I'm really good at what I do. Yeah, but on the same breath, it's like. I haven't really stuck to a lot of specific jobs except adult entertainment for probably more than a couple of years. Like I jumped jobs a few times and I like getting the skill set and moving on because if, if I could, you know, make you stronger, more muscle, fitter, whatever, yeah, I mean, I could just do my degree, which I did. I could get some experience, but if I'm trying to get that like one or 2% and try and be the best in that industry, yeah, I mean, it'd be great, but then I'm also looking at like thousands of hours of like extra work, changing science when I could just go take the principles and give you a holistic approach and yeah. go, dude, get in an ice bath, get into a sauna, get some blue light blockers, you know, make sure your pillow is, you know, the right height for your shoulder to neck. Um, you know, such basic things, in my opinion, that still blow the mind of certain people who don't know what's the benefit of an ice bath. and. Why should I do it? I'm like, man, if everyone did an ice bath, it'd be like everyone having their motorbike licenses. It, the roads would be safer, people would be healthier. Yeah. It's literally cause equals effect. Yeah. They'd be a lot tougher. You know, you look at the average person who's probably telling someone, eh, you need to wear a mask. I can guarantee they're not ice bathing. Yeah. They just yeah. have a weird feeling they're not. Yeah. And if they are, change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good, man. I really enjoy um that opinion i think it's a really good one but yeah no I've, i i did ice baths and sauna for a bit of time the contrast therapy stuff yeah the only issue i had with it fuck me it's expensive <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point and yeah. i obviously how we were saying about overreaching in a certain department when i was in bali i i did the cold uh, contrast therapy daily yeah. and dude you feel like a million dollars i was gonna say you feel like a fucking freak uh, how many days like were you in bali we for? did it we did a week and it was like god um, damn We'd spend about probably close to two hours uh, on some days. So maybe two <laughs> hours some days and two hours other days. But you just hang out with people who are like-minded, living that nah. nomad, digital, online, you know, life of, you know, earning an income online. And, yeah. dude, you spend, you know, 20 minutes in the sauna, you know, five, 10 minutes in the ice, uh, in the cold pool, go into the warm pool. You get this, like, full-body orgasm. It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that, like twice you know an hour goes like really really quick and then you're sort of just mingling socializing a bit yeah yeah but yeah obviously trying to do it in perth i actually bought an infrared sauna it's upstairs oh beautiful yeah um got one at the gym as well i'm trying to get back into ice baths a friend just recently bought one and you know i was doing the cold showers just getting back into them but man they're tough they are cold showers sucked they're tough i'd rather ice bath than a cold shower yeah you can get the better instagram photo for it too yeah exactly (laughs) no one cares about your cold shower yeah exactly (laughs) it's not a fucking real great bragging but i'm gonna be a cold shower today it's like yeah it's not about flex but i mean that that flex is for like five percent of the population or something yeah exactly man (laughs) all right man um i think a pretty decent place to kind of conclude and everything like that um obviously uh, have you got any type of social media? Well, you got so, I know you got social media, but like, can you obviously, if anybody wanted to follow you or kind yeah. of get amongst your yeah, yeah, my, my like that. full name is Shivan Arasudal, S H I V A N yeah. space A R A S U hyphen D A H L uh, for my Instagram. But 
yeah, this was uh, this was cool. This was a really nice. Nah, I, 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 dude, no bullshit. I was fucking nervous, man. Because when you said, "Oh, you're listening to the podcast," I was like, "Fuck, okay, yeah, yeah." <laughs> okay, now I can actually fucking really shut off here and actually uh, fucking actually present a podcast and do it and stuff like that. But no, nah, it was actually really nice to meet you face to face for the first time, man, and stuff like that. And obviously, I made an acquaintance slash friend out of yourself, man. So. Obviously, really appreciate your time, man. Takes a lot of effort, obviously, and the hospitality. Very nice house and everything like that, man. So, obviously, no. Thanks for your time, Shiv. Really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Until next time. Yeah, man. So, obviously, I hope you guys had a good one. Uh, make sure to, obviously, shout out your, your boys or your girlfriends or whatever and all that shit. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great one. All right? Stay awesome. All right. Catch you guys.